all and welcome to MACT the podcast. I'm your host Marlise McKenzie and welcome to another episode of my book review. I'm not saying my book review as if I am the one who wrote the book. Oh, see. But if that's what it's coming across as, I can assure you that that is not what I mean. Also, if you are watching us on YouTube, welcome to everything Mackenzie. You know, most of my audience has literally flocked to YouTube. So, I'm trying out a different thing. I'm trying out a different thing. Please hear me out. So, um, I'm currently using two mics to record this thing. I am using my phone for the visuals, right? This phase that you're singing that is pimpled. My phrase is pimpled. It's riddled in pimples. And I have been consuming so much sugar. And I am not a lover of sugar. I am not a consumer of sugar. Anyway. I, as you can tell, I'm very excited. But, um, so I'm using my phone for the visual podcast. Right. The one that you see on YouTube that you're watching me from right now or on. I don't know how English works with that one. Yeah. I am there. And I am using my tablet, which is currently my PC, for the audio. Now you know I'm doing this. So the reason for this is simply just because... <laughs> simply just because anyway the reason for this is simply just that i don't necessarily think that i want visuals on spotify also because i listen i watch i listen to a lot of podcasts and i never watch podcasts on spotify it makes sense that like if you want visuals visuals should be on youtube and if you want audio audio should be on spotify google podcast apple podcast radio that other one radio public or wherever you get your podcasts right so i am just out here trying to like work on something i don't know what it is but i'm currently using this mic that i'm pointing at right now to record on my tablet slash pc or okay and i am using my <laughs> my first mic actually <laughs> um to record on that thing my phone i wanted to say the thing that captures visuals but yeah um so i'm using two mics and i'm hoping that what i'm doing here will work and i will achieve that which i'm trying to achieve also another thing is the space i use right so i mainly use my room to record and depending on which corner i suppose um receives the most amount of sunlight i would use that and today i just feel like the lighting was pretty bad everywhere like it's average it's average it's not doing the most my face is also pimpled so that's not necessarily serving me any justice but that is not the point that is not the point you know why because this is a day made 
by the Lord and in it we shall rejoice <laughs> anyway so y'all man um i hope that you're good i hope that you have been surrounded by grace and love and i hope that you're also just being the grace and blessing that people need i actually heard i think it was a reel that i saw and someone was like yeah we always see the good in people but why don't we see the bad in people because if you see the good in people you should equally see the bad in them because people aren't inherently good so I don't know, it just kind of got me thinking about a conversation, a brief conversation I had with a friend the other day whom I bumped into on campus. And we were like, dude, are we overthinking our kindness? Because um, the SRC was running lectures and all that and someone was trying to, we had already spoken to a person before the one who tried to approach us. And we're like, and I was like, yeah, I just spoke to one of your colleagues. Thank you. And then after I said that, I was like, oh, that kind of sounds mean. Was I being mean? And it was weird because prior to that, I had just reprimanded her for something that she had said to someone. And then, but she felt like she should have done more. And I was like, that was already kind. I can't really remember what it was. But like, she's such a nice person, really. And then I was like, nah, after that happened, I was like, nah, I think we just really overthink kindness. Good, be kind, be nice, but don't overwhelm yourself. Don't pour out too much. You get? Which is also another thing that, of course, we talk about a lot on this podcast. Even though I feel like we haven't really had a conversation where we check in with ourselves in a while. It's been a very long while. Anyway, so, um, for the purpose of this episode, we are continuing our book review. Um, this is still the book by James Baldwin, um, Fire, Next Time. And you know what's really cool? I was on TikTok the other day, um, because I follow a couple of sociology, um, pages. Uh, this was one of the books that they recommended if you doing if you're doing your major in sociology, and that's so cool. They did it for they suggested it for sociology and anthropology, I think. But I was just so cool. I was like, oh my gosh, I read that. <laughs> Even though I didn't comment on the page, now I'm thinking I should have commented. Anyway, that's not why we're here. This is why we're here. <laughs> So, um, a couple of the books here, not books, quotes, that I want to read for you, kind of like overlap or parallel, I don't know, you'll choose which one it is, but they have a lot of similarities and they overlap a lot, kind of like integrating to make one point. So, right now, as I was thinking about this episode, I wasn't too sure if I want to read them separately and speak on them separately or if i want to read them collectively and then just make a whole analysis off of that so let's just see but then this is on page 83 where baldwin says that there is absolutely no reason to suppose that white people are better equipped to frame the laws by which i am to be governed than i am so essentially this also speaks to the, if you saw the last book review, there was a point where we spoke about how these, how there are people who make rules for us 
that they expect us to live by words they have not lived in our context. This is something similar to that. It's a matter of, I know what I lack. And because I know what I lack, I know what I need. It's a matter of like, you can't tell me that my pain is sitting on, that my pain is rooted in love if it's not, if you don't know. Because it may not just be love that's contributing to the pain that I'm feeling, but it may be other actions and other emotions too. So that kind of thing really not the best example, but it's just a matter of why is the next person, okay, why are, why would women be better equipped to tell men how to men and how to man and why would men be better equipped to tell women how to be women it's that type of thing really so another woman would be able to advise another woman better than a man would of course also while we go while we talk about these things it's very important that we don't make them linear that we don't kind of like be like yeah this is set in stone and this is how it is because we have to work collectively we have this society requires teamwork a nation requires teamwork. It requires the participation of everyone involved, regardless of age, regardless of sex, regardless of gender, because there is a difference, regardless of religion. Society requires that we all work together. And of course, we're going to have differences. Even people of the same sex have differences. Even people of the same religion have, have differences. Even people of the same race have differences because within that race, you also have to consider ethnicities. And within that ethnicity, you also have to consider culture. And within that culture, you have to consider tradition. And within that tradition, you have to consider family units, which in that family units would also be culture and tradition involved therein. So we can't just take all of these things and be like, Oh yeah, no, white is white and white stays white because white uh, because white said white is white type of thing. You get mm. some of my examples are just like mm. but anyway, you get what I mean? That's what I mean. And so you'll realize when I start making the link between this, like why I said that these things really overlap. He also says that in short, we the black and white deeply need each other if we're really to become a nation. This literally just speaks to the point that I just made right now that we need to consider all these demographics and realize that we cannot, no man is an island. That's all I have to say. No man is an island. You need to, you need to take South Africa wouldn't function. Not that it's the best functioning country really, but South Africa wouldn't function if we all didn't come together. If black people stayed where black people were said to stay at in apartheid, that wouldn't work. If we all just exist separately, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work for the economy. It wouldn't work for the society. It wouldn't work for our livelihoods as well, I suppose, in a sense, we could say that. And then um, Baldwin continues to say on page 
I'm going to turn them on on page 85. But wait, that is another one I'm going to read to you. I just want to finish this one, I suppose, where he makes this whole thing about race and sociology, right? And he says that the problem of the 20th century, wrote W.E.B. W. Du Bois. I always just say Du Bois because this whole W.E.B. Ew, ew. But anyway, the problem of the 20th century, wrote W.E. Du Bois around 60 years ago, is the problem of the color line. Color. Keep that in mind. And then he goes on to say, Color is not a human or personal or personal reality. It is a political reality. Um, reason I feel that this is very important to take note of is that Dubois himself and Connell actually, um, I think Karanja Connell, um, he is a sociology scholar on black sociology uh, and why that is very important. Um, he said, or rather they both said that race is a social construct. It is not scientific. So essentially what they were saying is that your DNA, race is not in your DNA. You being black or white is not in your DNA. Instead, it is a social construct. It is a color thing. Um, because you look different and you look closer to this color, therefore you are that. And that is what creates these divisions. We overlook the fact that we are human first. And instead, we go with, you are a black human. You are a white human. It's not a matter of, you are a human who happens to be black. Or, you are a human who happens to be white. You are a human who happens to be brown. We look at it in the sense that you are a black human. So you are your race or you are your color before you are a human. I suppose as far as the color line comes into play, we can look at it in the sense, um, I'm from Bloom and when you go to Haiderdal, you would find people who are colored who are far darker than I am. And when you come here, not that there aren't any here in Cape Town, but I just haven't experienced a lot of them like that. But oftentimes those who are, those colors who are closer to black than they are in that middle brown, your stereotypical or your typical colored looking person, they often, to be, they often happen to be treated with less dignity than those who are in the middle. And also, um, you get those who are lighter skinned, light bordering onto white or proper, proper Afrikaans because we're using stereotypes here. So now, this would then mean that like those who are low-key bordering onto white are then treated far better because of their color. So they are closer to the white man than they are to being colored. You get my point? I don't know if you get my point, but let me know if you get my point. Because this is also a very tricky thing to talk about actually. 
now that I think about it, not that now I think about it, I've actually been thinking about it a lot. And I'm realizing that there's going to be a time, like there are so many conversations that I've wanted to capture or talk about. And I have, and I still will. But sometimes I find myself and I'm like, how would I say this? How would I say this without sounding a particular way? How would I say this without sounding funny? How would I say this without someone getting the wrong idea? But then also at the end of the day, you need to realize that there are a lot of things that need to be said. There are a lot of things that need to be spoken about. And we need to take freedom of speech into consideration as well. And you need to be free to speak. But as long as you're not being offensive. And I think that that's also the thing with academia. You get to have a lot of controversial conversations in academia and being in these settings kind of like make you realize that these are conversations we need to be having with the broader society, with society outside of the school environment or the academic context but we aren't necessarily able to have those conversations because when you're because when you're outside that space academics and researchers rather are not taken into context you need to realize that there are people who live through who live in different contexts or who live through different contexts from time to time and some of these context contexts are very sensitive to what you may have to say because with academia, yes, we take lived experience into consideration, but it's so easy to talk about something on a podcast because I'm not talking to a fellow human. And it's so easy to write about something on paper because I'm not writing to the next person. Yes, um, the next person is going to read the work I'm, I'm writing about. And yes, the next person is going to listen to the podcast that I recorded. But it's not the same as having conversation together. And also, another thing is academics. Yeah, academics write for academics. What do we call people who are in academia? Do we, call, we call them academics, but for some reason that sentence doesn't make sense. So anyway, people who are in academia write for people who are in academia. Because... They are the people who use that as points of reference and points of research. So more than the general population or society, I think academics write for people who are also in academia themselves. And I think that that is also a very tricky thing because now I'm thinking just yesterday um, we were in class and we were talking about masculinities in gay relationships. And I was listening to what everyone else was saying. And I also contributed to the conversation myself. And I was like, whoa. Hi, I know you're in the middle of watching my um, podcast, but you won't believe this. So um, I am having my first sale ever at Mackenzie Hive. And I will attach proper images and videos of what is on promotion. But right now we're running a promotion for a week where you get 15% off. That is 15% off of all the items that we still have in stock. Right now, I'm just gonna show you like a couple of 
the items that we have that are on stock. I think it's about five items that we currently have um, right now before they sell out. But um, it's going to be 15% off for the entire week. All you have to do is say use the promotion MACT15. Um, that is M A C K E D 15. And um, so we have this cute hoodie that's originally priced at 200 it's unisex and you can get it for 15% off and we have this nice sports bag tote canvas type bag like the material is kind of canvasy hence it's called canvas tote um, this is running for 120 original price 15% off apply that and you would literally be the happiest person in Kimabeli and this is 120 also running at 15% off. It's like a nice crop top inside medium and um these socks, but I suppose by the time this video goes out, they would have been sold out because there was someone who showed interest in these, but these were these are running at 20 rand, so of course 15% off. And then we have these shades that everyone is currently obsessed with. And Original price is like 40 rand, but that I could be running it, of course, 15% off, and I have them in black as well. And I finally almost did 15% off, so get yours as well. Thank you so much. Go back to watching your episode. Whoa, but is this something that I would be able to speak so freely of outside of this cool context? Because right now, we are this, this assumed. There's this assumed understanding that, okay, we are in class right now and because we are in class, we are going to discuss these things. Whereas if you're outside and you just bring it casually into conversation, it creates another atmosphere. Whereas like if you are, it's sort of like you get permission to talk about these things as you would like to talk about them in academia because it, because you're, it's just an assumed atmosphere so yeah that made i made a really kind of like low-key deviated from what we we're talking about but not really and then there was also another part where he said um this is the second final point i suppose and he said It demands great spiritual resilience not to hate the hater whose foot is, is on your neck and an even greater miracle of perception and charity not to teach your child to hate. It demands great spiritual resilience not to hate the hater whose foot is on your neck and an even greater miracle of perception and charity not to teach your child to hate. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Oh. I suppose in a sense, this reminds me of the whole idea of reverse racism. We could look at it as intergenerational trauma, I suppose. Because so many of us 
just like white people because of what their forefathers did to what to our forefathers right I think I have it's fair to say that many of us have consumed content on race politics where we are constantly expecting white people to be racist towards us because we assume that it is within their nature to dislike and to hate black people so now what we do is we are constantly on our guard and sometimes we play the race card ourselves so already like it's very rare to get a very diversified diversified or diverse group of friends where the one is black the other is asian the other is white it happens but it's still fairly new in our minds i suppose and the reason i say i suppose it is intergenerational trauma and to some level reverse racism is because so many of us because of the stories that we've heard because of the stories that we've read because of the things that we may have seen are still convinced that every white person walking the earth is racist that every white person whom you come into contact with is pretending to be nice but genuinely they do not like you they wish you did not exist so now what we then do is we go on to protest them to protest them and to cast stones on them for things their forefathers did to our forefathers so we are holding on to that trauma that's why right now you look at so many protests an example could just be kill the boers i suppose and most of these birds are really Bura, right? Elizabeth Bura and I really don't know how to put it. I really don't know how to put it because to a certain extent it is hate towards that person because of their race. But now it's no longer just about their race and it's about vengeance. Vengeance based on what they did to our forefathers. And because what they did to our forefathers was based on race, 
it now becomes a matter of we are mad at the person who did this to our parents or our forefathers and who is that person that person is white so now we take all these people all these boers as a collective and we want to kill them now whether or not that killing may be literal or not still negative it is inhumane and i think this just takes us back to the whole concept of forgiveness while i think that to forgive is not to forget i suppose that that you not forgetting would reflect whether you've forgiven or not it would reflect in the way you bring it up if you bring it up with this rage inside of you and of course this is contextual as well if you bring it up in a sense of rage with the tone of rage you have not forgiven if you bring it up from time to time when you're thinking about what has happened and how far you've come that's why we have history right so that we can look back on the things that we have experienced or have gone through but i think that the moment we look back at history as a way for us to avenge ourselves firstly it leaves no room for god it leaves no room for god to fight for you because you're now taking matters into your own hands and while that may be a big ask genuinely like yes um how are you gonna avenge this person and when are you gonna avenge me lord I think that it is up to every individual to look into their hearts and to leave room for God, to leave room for good. And when you seek justice, I don't think that seeking justice in the sense of hurting that same person that person the same way they hurt you is in any way going to make you a better person or make you feel better and we are finally done with the book review on that note and i am very excited to see what we will be doing next i do have a couple of things lined up they just really have to happen but i will see you again in a short while i will see you again in a short while and as always it's always such a pleasure to record this podcast and to see how we're all growing together how we're all like just 
reuniting in a sense i suppose and i do appreciate every comment that i see in the comment section some of you who happen to text me and not comment in the youtubes i would really appreciate you commenting and down below because it really helps with the algorithm but as far as sentiments are concerned i do really appreciate you reaching out to me and telling me what to fix telling me what you're proud of telling me what you like and what you don't like thank you so much i'm your host marlise mckenzie and as always i'm sending you love and light stay blessed y'all